It's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me, and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk a little bit about that which we love. Our jobs, the workplace. Our podcast is a discussion about the real insanity from cubicles in the workplaces, from leadership and leaders to experiences with life in the cubicles. Let's get into our latest cubicle insanity. Let's go. So you actually do have cubicle insanity happening. Um, well, don't we all, Kim? We all, we don't all take do. all, of, yes. all of the joy. Yeah. Um, but I was reading this article um, that uh, came across maybe on LinkedIn. I don't know. Something yeah. like this uh, from the New York Times. And uh, it made me think of you right away. The article is called, Why Should You, Why You Should Take Time to Mourn During Career Transitions. Hmm. So I thought of you right away, but then secondly, I was like, hey, wait, I've, I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. And so I started um, reading it and they say, grief is common when you leave a job you love. And I thought to myself, well, when you leave a job, a lot of times... It's because you've lost your love. Right. And so that made yeah, me smile. True. But I've never really thought about grieving. Um, and so as I read the article and I thought about it, I'm like, you do have to allow yourself to grieve. Like, that's such a huge part of your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, happy or unhappy or right. whatever that situation is. Right. Huge part of your life. And now all of a sudden, bam, like... One day you wake up and it's gone. It's gone. Literally. Yep. And so um, I thought perhaps we could get an update about your career transition that you have been going through um, and maybe see if you've been grieving at all. Are you allowing yourself to grieve? Well, so that's interesting. Okay. That's a very interesting question. Um, you know, I think, yeah, you're right. You know, like you wake up and bam, all of a sudden it's a change in... If you think about it, just not work-related, but if you think about just life, like, you know, you have a sudden loss of a family member, that's one kind of grief. And it, it so yeah, I mean, it's not like that deep grief, I'm not saying that, but yes, <laughs> right. it was, um, it was, or what my analogy I was going to say is like, but like, if you think about in the workplace, like you do change, and so it is instant kind of that grief, that snap. Whereas like if you have a person who in your life is maybe ill for quite some time, you kind of mentally prepare for that transition and that you kind of grieve along with that. Yes. So it's a, I'll say it's not an, a softer grief, but it's a softer landing maybe with that grief. Whereas if you right. think about it in terms of a workplace, like when you retire, you mm -hmm. start kind of ramping down and you start getting yourself mentally ready yes. for that transition. So I think that there's some parallels there. You're exactly right. Because if, <clears throat> in my experience, when I have decided, okay, I'm going to leave this organization, I need to put together my resume and I need to actively seek out yeah. the next thing. Yeah. I feel like... Um, and again, I haven't thought about it this way, but just like you were talking about, it's sort of that I'm starting to grieve. I'm starting to go through that mental process mm -hmm. early on in the process. Because when I think back to the last time I left an organization, um, it was a very big decision. Like yeah. I had been there for a long time. And while things were not exactly the way I 
loved them any longer there. Yeah. Um, it was still a big decision to go, okay, I'm actually, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to put my resume together and I'm going to leave these people. Yeah. And there's fear and excitement. Right. And Absolutely. grieving. Yeah. Absolutely. Did, when you uh, last changed jobs, did you take time off in between? No. Damn it. I wanted to so badly. Yeah. Um, I wanted to take at least two weeks, if not a month. Yeah. And because I'd been at that that particular organization for nine years. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to clear my head. Like I wanted yeah. to enjoy nothingness. Yeah. But, um, and you, you might be familiar with this. I'm not sure about your situation. Um, they had certain Mondays that they had <clears throat> um, orientation and various onboarding activities. Yeah. And then I needed to go to training right away. And so for it to line up, I want to say my last day ended up maybe being on like, I'm going to call it a Thursday. And I had to uh, actually travel elsewhere to start my first day at the corporate yeah. headquarters. Um, so I had to travel on Sunday so I could start on that Monday. Yeah. So I basically had a Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was sad. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to shake yeah. it off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, this most recent transition, yeah. which we talked about in a couple uh, episodes ago, that um, no, I didn't. I went right from last place to current place. And I uh, I don't want to say strategic. There wasn't anything strategic about it. But I thought through, do I take time off or do I go right to it? And I elected to go right to it because I was concerned that I would second guess my decision because I loved where I worked and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Did I have bad days? Yes, I did. I think we all have we bad all days in any company, but I loved what I did and I loved the people I, that I worked with and um, loved not in a weird, creepy way. <laughs> love in a regular I, job way. I thoroughly enjoyed working with the people that I worked with. And what we what we were doing as a team and as a company, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I just I thought if I take time off, right, you'll think about it too much. Yep, I'll second guess my decision, even though it was, I made it a very business decision of reasons why. Mm-hmm. There was still that personal emotional connection to the people. Okay, that's what this article talks about, which really made sense to me. And in fact, um, I want to look for this one little paragraph. Okay. So she talks about, uh, it's important to figure out whether you identify with your professional occupation or the organization that you're at. Yeah. And I think it probably gets blurred. And I know you were at your last organization for many years. I was at the last one for many years. I think it gets blurred. Yeah. It all becomes one. And so, Um, I'm going to tell you here what she says. Uh, If you're a technology person and you leave Google, you're still a technology person. Yeah. But if you identify much more with being an employee of Google, okay, now you're in a completely different boat. Mm -hmm. And this whole sort of grieving process is becomes different because you're not going to be a Google employee, but you still are a technology person. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm still an HR person. Yeah. But I was very proud to work for the name of the company that I worked for previously. Right. And because I think it becomes blurred. Yeah, it does. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's your family. I mean, you spend so much time there. Yes. And it's like, if I think about like my last company and I think about, you know, you work with people, you have, you help them through, like some of them are earlier in their careers. So you see them start their, their life with somebody else. Right. And then Maybe they have they kids. They right. were a college student when you first right. meet them. Right. So you see them grow their career mm-hmm. and others, you know, you help them transition into retirement. Yeah. And then others, you know, you get to help promote and, mm-hmm. you know, give them, you know, announce their promotions. And I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, that's, I don't say this egotistically, but that's your legacy. Right. Right. I mean, that's mm-hmm. who you've helped and that is your legacy. That is your reputation. Yeah. And not only the big work moments. Yeah. But like you were saying, like if they're having, getting married, having right. babies, you know, something exciting happens to a family member, they come to work and share that. Right. And in this article, I think they call it a pseudo family. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it becomes is mm-hmm. it's your family away from your family. Yeah. And not all of them. Does it mean that your friends outside of work with or that you interact no, with socially right. or anything? But they know what's happening with your work life or your personal life. Yep. Yeah. 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 Because it's, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Like, you know, we all, I, I think... I shouldn't say everybody, but, uh, you know, I, I've, I'll speak for myself. Like there's been times where, you know, kind of had a rough day and you walk over to a colleague and you kind of vent for a minute. And, um, you know, so you kind of have that relationship, but then also sometimes you come in and you kind of vent about, <coughs> oh, my yeah. kids are driving me crazy yes. or my or spouse. this morning. Oh this my morning. Gosh. Yes. Because you come flying in the door, you're late for a meeting, everybody's like, hey, okay. And you're like, oh, my kids or whatever, or my spouse or... <laughs> my car. The car, whatever. So you <coughs> get involved in each other's lives. Yes. Again, not in a weird, creepy way. Right. But you're involved. You're That's your family. Mm-hmm. It is. And so in the article, they talk about being shocked. And when I think about when I made the move... I didn't think about it as grief, but there is this, um, I went from one type of job to a different type of job. Yeah. There was a lot, a lot of uncertainty and, and, and fear there. But I think the thing I grieved the most was being at the last organization for so long. Um, I, I built up my network. Mm Mm-hmm. I built up my reputation. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I built uh, relationships of trust. And so if something needed to happen, and maybe it was nothing I necessarily had control over, but I knew who to call. Right. I could help get that action carried forward. We could yeah. get it taken. People knew they could call me and be like, oh, hey, who do I ask about whatever? Right. How do I get this thing done? I knew how to do it. Yeah. I go to this new job. Not only do I not know my job... I don't know the organization. Right. I don't know any people. Right. And so there I sit in front of my computer by myself. Yeah. Grieving. Yep. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm going through it. Uh, 
because it's only been 60 days since I've changed jobs or changed employers, not jobs, but employers. And yeah, like the first week, first day, I was like, okay, where's the cafeteria? Where's <laughs> right. where's the bathroom? Where, you know, where where do I find things? How do I navigate? Like right. I, I know nobody and I'm sitting there going, Okay, thankfully, you know, my position wasn't eliminated and I left on my own. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I'm like, did I make the right decision? Mm -hmm. Because it it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Very awkward. You have nobody knows you. Nobody knows your style. How, you know, can they trust you? Are right. you transparent? Are you somebody that always has like a hidden agenda yes. or something? And, um, you know, it's the opposite as well. You don't know who to trust, who to mm -hmm. rely upon, who knows what, you know, it's just, it's hard. And, um, you know, the thing that, that for me, I will say this, uh, if I can give some advice for people that are going to switch jobs is stay friends with your former colleagues, but the former colleagues give your friend that's taking a new role some time and some space. Don't text them constantly. Let them be present in their new job, to use your words, uh, to be present. Because yeah. I found it, you know, a little challenging because my former colleagues every day were kind of texting me. And so it kind of kept my former employer in my brain and I wasn't completely uh, yes, uh, uh, present. Yeah. You, so at the company when I started that I'm at now, when I started, <clears throat> their big sort of mantra throughout orientation and and the different onboarding kind of activities is, you know what? Wherever you were before, whatever happened before, leave it behind. Yeah. Start fresh here. Yep. I mean, bring all your smarts and your common yeah. sense right. and all your skills. Right. But the way things used to be done. Yeah. The way you used to think. Leave that. Leave that to them. Leave it at the door. Yeah. Don't bring it in here. Start fresh with us, you know? And now, so what's interesting, so maybe, because uh, I know the industry you're in, there's maybe a little bit of trading back and forth, like yeah. every industry there right. is. Right, right. No, I went from one industry to a completely different completely one. Completely different, yeah. So I didn't know any of these people. Like, I'm not intertwined in right. their... Right, right. Um, Oh, yeah. what's the word I'm looking for? You know, where you have like a... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I quickly found out that the reason that they keep saying this... Number one, I'm a believer in that. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. do you know what? That's a great point. Just because that's this is how we approached it where I used to work. We don't have to do that here. Right. Okay, great. Like, let's... Um, as you know, I like rules. If that's a rule, I'm going to follow it. Yeah. Yes. Good rule. Let's do... I like that rule. Yeah. Yes, let's yeah. do it. Um. But I came to find out, you know, as I'm meeting the different people through um, orientation, through the various onboarding things, they are also intertwined being in that same industry. Mm -hmm. And that's where it became very important because those, um, those are the people that are more likely because they worked with these other people at a different company together. Sure they're more likely to go, oh, yeah, well, remember when we were whatever yeah. and we did it this way? Right. And so when I started hearing those types of conversations, I was like, oh, yeah. 
leave it at the door, people. The rule right. is <laughs> leave it at as the door. An upholder, as That's we found right. in episode 32. Right, exactly. Of the uh, four tendencies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do like my rules. Um, but that was actually a good one. So I don't know if you see that where you're at now, if there's sort of not only it's new to you, but are there these sort of weird legacy? Yeah, so the it, it that's that's interesting point because like I try to I've tried not to be that person to say well at my previous employer like oh. we've talked about right and what because we used to work with someone <laughs> like that yeah and you know I try not to lead with the company name and say well this is how we did it there yeah and but what's interesting about the current company is it's a company made up of acquisitions oh okay that that's part of their growth strategy. And so what's interesting is there's the core company uh-huh. and then you see the like bolt-ons. the, the bolt on acquisition and they're like, well, when we were in, and then they name mm-hmm. like their former acquisition, you know, their former name is a, a, a separate company. So you see even inside the company with all these acquisitions that there's all these like microcosms. Yes. Yes. It's, it's quite fascinating. That is because now <clears throat> it almost becomes like a competitive thing between the different. Yeah, and it's like leave. You're no longer that mm-hmm. separate company. Leave it at the door for your at the door. Right. Yeah. We're not, th- this is new. That like right. it's a blank slate. Yeah. And we can sort of make <clears throat> again bring bring your smarts and bring your skills and talents. And if there was things that made that company great. Okay, let's not that it, you can like pick 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 up uh from one and drop it in another and it's going to be equally as successful. Right. But let's figure out what made that successful. Yeah. And bring those things over, but right. I don't think that's human nature. Yeah. And and I think like, they didn't grieve. Right. Yeah. They didn't grieve uh but the other th- the other part of it I would say though as the company that's receiving either the new employee or the acquired company is be mindful of that. Yes. Because they're proud of it. Yes, but what I, I, the the point that that was in my head that I didn't yeah. verbalize was say the obvious, Kim, <laughs> or I'm is, gonna just fill in the blanks. Okay. Is um, you know, is the new employee walking in? The company has to realize as well that this is awkward for somebody coming in new. Make it, sure. Yes. The onboarding mm-hmm. is like seamless and it's a good positive experience yes. to help them grieve quick, more quickly. Right, right. And create cohesion yes. and friendliness. Yeah, and I would even say like ask questions like, okay, so this is how we do, I don't know, let's just say performance management. Mm-hmm. In your prior company like how did you do it like what can we learn from you mm-hmm. i think if you even ask those questions like the first few weeks it's like okay they really do want me here and it helps to kind of get you in faster i think i would agree mm-hmm. then it doesn't feel like so you and i worked together at a company that yeah. also grew through acquisitions and some what i think some went really well yeah others not so well. Not so well. Right. And there is that, um, the of course, this acquired company, 
oftentimes those employees are not necessarily behind uh, being acquired. Absolutely. It's either, you know, the owner, the president, or whatever corporation nope. owned them before. They're doing it for a business purpose. And they, this is, like, it's sprung on them. Yeah. They're not necessarily given that time to grieve and refocus, mm -hmm. but rather it's like this whole real quick wrangling of everybody yeah. and a lot of, you know, the hammer coming down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I have kind of two thoughts on that. Uh, a little bit of, yep, leave it at the door. Don't forget what you've made you so successful at the other company when you were a standalone company. But the other part of that is like when you're part of an acquisition and I've worked for a company that got acquired, I couldn't control it. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I was just like, okay, yeah, it stinks that we're not our own company. There's a reason why we didn't make it as our own company. Okay. Fine. But kind of let that piece go because you can't control that the CEO and the board of directors made the decision to, you know, be acquired. Right, right. Control what you can control. Yeah, absolutely. And take advantage of, yeah. I mean, if, if you're now part of this new organization, there might be some great things about it. Yeah. Kind of like being a new employee. Yep. Grieve. Yep. Leave it at the door and embrace yeah. whatever is to come. Yep. Throw yep. yourself in. Are you right. throwing yourself in, Kim? I'm trying. I, um... Gosh, maybe a year and a half ago, or is it more, more? Um, I so at the same company, I switched positions. Hmm. And so when I was reading this article about grieving, and now that you're bringing up this about the acquisitions and stuff, it's not necessarily always that you've decided to leave a company, right? And uh, join a new one and have this new position. I did decide. Oh, I'm gonna change positions. I applied and interviewed and everything. Um, I loved my position mm -hmm. I thought this other one sounded fun and right. challenging and interesting and so I thought well I don't know the next time it's going to be available yeah but I guess I'll try now and there was a little bit of that whole I still had to leave stuff behind yeah don't drag all the baggage with you like right. I had to right there was even though I'm at the same organization uh, I'm at the same company and literally working in the same larger organization, just yeah. in a different role. Yeah. Um, a little bit of grieving. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it. So that's why this article, like, it kind of jumped out at me. Yeah. Well, at first I thought of you, but then when I started reading, I'm like, oh, my gosh. No, but that's interesting because when we were discussing this a little bit earlier this evening, uh, when you made that point, and I thought about, like, the last company I was at, I, too, switched yeah. departments. Uh, not departments. I mean, it was still in HR, but client groups. They switched client groups. And, yeah, there was a little bit of grieving there because, I mean, I, I some days I love those characters and some days <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, when can I find something different? No. Um, but, so, yeah, you, when you, even when you move internally, mm -hmm. there's a little bit of that grieving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of, let's start over. Yeah. Let's, you know, we've got this yeah. fresh, let's, you know, Remember, bring along all those great things. Right. But all those other irritations. Like, <laughs> yeah. Forget about them. Um, I thought the point to um, in here about identifying yourself. Um, 
which I think goes along nicely with um, how we were talking about um, on the other episode about the, uh, you know, different uh, quizzes yeah, and quiz. and whatnot. So we did the quiz for the uh, the four tendencies. tendencies. You did for work the strength finder. Strength finders or strengths, excuse me, strengths. Yeah. Um, then you know, I mean, there's a whole amount of others. But, like, identify who you are. So we talked about that there. Like, understand who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that probably, and I told you I love these quizzes. I love yeah. how this all fits together. But it's to the point of the Google and the technology person. Like, who do you identify with? And part of that is probably, you know, along the lines of, you know, whatever of those categories or strengths or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it mm-hmm. is. Like, how do you identify yourself? Yeah. And I think that helps with the grieving process. Um, and maybe when you go of like, when I made such a drastic change, mm-hmm. I changed companies. I changed, totally changed yeah, what jobs. Industries. Industries, everything. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, there was, I never doubted for a moment that it was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. I knew it was a great decision. But there was a lot of moments where I sat there looking at my computer feeling sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I so this article, so thank you. Who wrote this article? Um, yeah, I get it. I don't regret my decision. I'm happy to be where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, sure. Would it be easy to go back and get slide right back in and be comfortable and know how to navigate everything? Yeah, but that's boring. It's time for a new challenge. Embrace the challenge. Embrace the challenge. Yeah. And the sadness only lasts a short while. That's right. You know, it's so this uh, Kimberly Lawson wrote this article. So thank you, Kimberly, for helping me understand what I did go through. Um, I think I, I might, if I were to change positions or to change jobs, organizations, whatever, again, I think this would be in the back of my mind. And yeah. I'd be like, I should take that week so I can grieve a little. Um, I think it probably would last. So like we've talked about onboarding and you're sort of probably still a little bit in the, yeah. the tail end of this process. It's going to last a little bit into that because sure. you do have to show up to that first day of work, which I don't think it matters if you're the CEO or if you're any other role there. That first day you walk in and you don't really know anybody. It's awkward. It is. And so uncomfortable because at some point they're going to drop you off in a room or at a desk or, somewhere and you're just going to be sitting there going i don't even know where the bathroom is yeah and or even as simple like if you still have desk phones do i dial nine or eight to get out yes it's so awkward i figured out the answer to that one rather quickly just use your cell phone (laughs) don't use a desk phone see kim when you work at home (laughs) uh, you use your cell phone or your computer, yeah. you know, I mean, there's, I don't have a desk phone. Yeah. Um, so, um, okay. What, so what else would you throw in here? We kind of talked about our old families and, and all of this. Um, I think the thing I would be curious about that you haven't really talked about is how are you, and not that you're mentally, um, making a plan or making a, you know, uh, a strategy about this, but how do you think, because this is the one thing I don't know that I remember. How do you make this new group of 
uh, people, your new pseudo family. Yeah. Uh, you use strategic. <laughs> no. No, I think uh, I, I. So I'm I'm thinking about that. Like, how do I how do I get the same rapport, same relationships? And they're not going to be identical because they're totally different people. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking about first and foremost, I have to just be me. Yeah. I cannot be somebody I'm not. And that's part of what you have to think about when you go through the interview process is really dig around on the culture to see if you're going to fit for that culture. I did that. I think I can fit in this culture. Okay. Check. Move to the next step. Okay. So there I'm now there. I have to be me. But I also have to listen, and I would say listen and listen during your onboarding to learn the culture, learn the people, so that you can start building that rapport and that relationship with them. Um, that's kind of how I'm doing it, to so that I s start listening to what what are their issues, and then we can start talking about it, and that builds that rapport. And then they start to trust because you're not always talking. Yep. And you start getting a little bit of traction. And I'm finding that I'm now at the point, like 60 days in, starting to get a little traction. And I feel like some of that, I'll say grief, yeah. is is starting to subside. And I feel that. Yeah. And I and the other thing I would say is you just gotta be patient. It will come. But to the, you gave me a great piece of advice before I started. Stay present. Yeah. To tonight's point, leave it at the door, mm -hmm. and learn what what the culture is, what the business is, the people, and it will come. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? It's, um, it's so, uh, polar opposites to go from. I've been at my organization for so long that the way you listen is different. So mm -hmm. it's interesting, and you're probably like 100% right on listen. I will say the one thing you, t you told me a story about how you had to introduce yourself mm -hmm. to this new group of people. Yeah. And you made yourself a real person. You didn't just talk about, oh, well, my uh, career history includes blah, 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 blah. Right. And I'm super fantastic at my job and whatever, but you made it more personal. And I think that that is, to your point of, to engage with people, now they have that thing. They have a little bit of an icebreaker to come talk to the new person. Yeah. Versus going, hey, uh, aren't you the new HR person? Or, hey, aren't you the new IT guy, gal? Yeah. Yeah. And now, so they could talk to you about that even if they don't have to talk to you about work. Right. Or if they have to come talk to you about work, they could, you know, kind of they might lead slide with, in with, yeah, yeah. you know, this little, uh, you know, one of the personal little nuggets that yeah. you shared yeah. during your intro. Yeah. And in fact, that has happened. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I put up something that was um, for our location a little provocative. Not provocative. It was a sports uh, banter a little bit about teams of choice or you know um and you didn't pick the local team. i didn't pick the local team that's that's that is very true and uh so that got quite a crowd reaction and it was done intentional and uh so a lot of people have used that just as i've been walking around the campus oh like, yeah hey i can't believe you know this that or the other you know you're you're quarterback this or whatever you're, right you're a picture that so 
it um yeah it was done intentional so Mm -hmm. figure out how to be human as well yeah so that there is that i think that was very clever very clever so well should we uh state the obvious yeah okay let's do it um it is okay to be sad and grieve when you change positions or companies I maybe I'm the only one. So I feel like on several of the podcasts, I'm like, it's so obvious, but I never thought about it that mm-hmm. way. And to your point of onboarding, be aware of, you know, when you're having these, if you're, you know, on the receiving end of these new employees, be aware that this is something they might be going through. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so the article talks about understand how you identify who you are. And I think that's a also a great thing to be aware of as you move into your new position. Know who you are. Be aware of who you are so that you can stay true and not bring along all of the, the, the baggage. Right. You know? Get that out. Cut it out. Cut it out before you even show up at the door. Come fresh and ready to embrace and engage, you know, the new organization that you're part of. Um, what did I miss, Kim? I think that uh, you've kind of hit all the highlights. Yeah. Listen, put yourself out there so you can create a new pseudo family. Yeah. We are family. <laughs> you should sing that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think um, that wraps it up for tonight. So thanks to all of our listeners. Thank you to all of our active military and our veterans for your service. And please stay tuned for our next adventure in the cubicles and the next episode of Cubicle Insanity.